0: Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast featuring the Almighty Bee Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. what's going on world this be your boy eddie cool aka the hoc and guess what this is episode number 76 of your favorite podcast the sports bros podcast And we're just coming through to say hey hello how you doing once again the almighty be life he won't be with us again this week because he's getting that money that fetid that scratch that guap that paper yeah, he got to do things to pay them bills. Everything's legal though, but be live. Come back soon, man. Come back soon. We miss you now more than ever. But I'm not alone, of course, because as you know, you don't want to hear me talk all the time. I mean, you could, but you don't want to. I got the one, the only, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. And he does not use the lawnmower. Oh, uh, he's not, I'm sorry, he does not use the bag when he cuts the lawnmower. The one, the only the money man scotty d
1: what's happening what's going on in the world today Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm gonna have to apologize um i'm not gonna apologize for using b lives catchphrase but uh you know things are tough in the world right now you had the the situation in california where the the wildfires have been spreading and it's you know it's been a tremendous burden on the people of california you got all the political and social unrest going on in the world covid numbers continuing to rise and i do i feel like i need to apologize because on sunday night the dallas cowboys did not do the right thing and win the game that would have brought everyone it would have filled all of our hearts with joy the way that this country needs right now so as a cowboy fan i apologize that uh, my favorite organization didn't do that for America. America's team didn't come through for America on Sunday, and I know everyone is a little disappointed. And we're going to do the podcast anyway. You know, I thought maybe we would cancel because of that, but hey, let's let's uh, let's fight on, Eddie. Cool in these dark times, let's fight on.
0: Yeah, fight, win, and kick, you know what. Uh speaking of the NFL, guess what? It's week one. But before we get to all that, man, we got the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Somebody threw a no-hitter in baseball. What's his name? Alec Mills. He threw a no-hitter. Uh Naomi Osaka. She wins her second career U.S. Open in three years. The real week one of college football starts, but the moment we've all been waiting for since the end of the Super Bowl, week one of the 2020. NFL season and Scotty, D there was a whole hell of a lot going on and with that being said man what are your thoughts of week one of the NFL
1: Scott's thoughts on week one well um there's a the big the biggest I think attraction of the weekend was Tom Brady beginning his career in another uniform and how that was going to shake out and how the Patriots were gonna were going to look without him before I get into that though I just want to this is something that I may never do again and that is to say congratulations to the Washington football team. As, as a cowboy, I, I have never rooted for the, the formerly Redskins until this weekend. I have to admit, I, I was rooting for them. Uh, you know, that, that organization's been through a lot. They had the whole sexual harassment thing going on over the summer. They scrapped the name. They hired Jason Wright, who was the first black president in NFL history, He's a former player. He spent the past seven years as a partner in a consulting firm, um, helping rebuild companies, you know, and this football organization needed rebuilt. Uh, yeah, I saw Jason Wright interviewed. He seemed like a, a guy who was not a token hire because he was black. He seems like he's the right man to help this organization get going. And they have Ron Rivera aboard. And, you know, Ron Rivera, Eddie, We you know, I know he has a place in your heart as a you know former Carolina Panther coach mm-hmm. uh, we talked before about him having cancer and for them to come back and beat Philly this week and then uh, I, I believe it was Dwayne Haskins gave him the game ball afterwards I thought that was a touching moment and the Washington football team sits the top first place in the division yep. so congratulations to them I may never say that again I uh, just wanted to kind of get that frog out of my throat get that out of the way there but the, the uh,
0: Washington Red Wolves you say the,
1: could be the Red Wolves yeah the Warriors the the Red Ta- we don't know what they're going to be Daniel the, said, the Dubs. <laughs> yeah Daniel Snyder said the other day uh you know uh we have a nice retro thing going here a nice look maybe we'll keep that name so maybe they're going to be the team for good anyway one uh, <laughs> and nice. we'll see how uh <laughs> you know How that shakes out going into the season. See, the thing is, Eddie cool. when this season begins, everyone's so starving for football that whatever happens in week one is magnified so much. You can't wait all summer to get to week one, and then you do. You either win and you're ecstatic because, yes, hope springs eternal, or you lose and the sky is falling. And let's just get back to reality here. What we saw in week one was one week one game uh, you know for your team and before you get too high or too low off of it, you know, but by, by week 10, a lot of times you think back and you were like, Oh yeah, that did happen on opening day. Uh, honestly, I, I thought, and tell me what you think here, Eddie. Cause I watched a lot of these games on Sunday. I thought the football was better played than I was expecting. You know, typically week one is sloppy. I was expecting it to be worse overall, the quality of play because you didn't have the preseason tune-ups, did you? Did you? You think I'm wrong on that, or agree with? That? I mean, did you? Did you sense any of that?
0: Well, I I agree with you on that, man. As far as like teams really coming out and playing meaningful football without the fans, unless you were in um Kansas City, I think where they had like what six thousand fans in the stadium? it was still loud. Yeah, they a these few... teams they, they... say it again.
1: I saw a few stadiums had fans. I think a couple of the Florida stadiums had them. As well, but yeah, no, no, yeah, most of them were empty. But yeah, continue.
0: I, yeah, um, I think that um, I think that every all the players they're happy to once again do something they love, and it doesn't seem as compromised um, as they once thought it was because there was an there was an alert, an update that came out like right before kickoff that there are zero new positive tests of coronavirus in the NFL of uh, like a, of like what 1400 conducted t- you know of conducted tests there was zero um, positive tests and that's a good sign that's a great sign as far as the football go the action was great man i mean look at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans they played a pretty good game last night and, you know as we all said before you know Kansas City is going to do what Kansas City does and once they got clicking they got clicking you got Clyde edwards alaire he had a great showing uh, a great debut it looked great as well too uh, of course, you know, we got the Browns. Well, <laughs> the Browns are going to be <laughs> the Browns. But um, overall, man, I think everybody came to play, especially Aaron Rodgers, who went off. And they hung 43 points on the Minnesota Vikings. This game pretty much is just a shootout. Uh, the Vikings have a usually stout defense, but Aaron Rodgers had a point to prove, man. He really... Well, and
1: they lost some players off that defense from last year. I think they, they were down like... Six seven starters, maybe something like that from last year. So, the yeah, the Vikings had to have a little bit of adapting, and you know, that's kind of um, I, I was kind of expecting some of what we saw to happen as far as teams with new coaches and new quarterbacks. And we even, even Be Live had mentioned that a couple times before in our uh, you know, as we were doing our season preview stuff a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, the new teams and the new quarterbacks they struggled. Um, Yeah, you know you had Brady and the Buccaneers struggled you had Phillip Rivers and the Colts the Cowboys with their new coach Panthers Bengals I think the the Redskins as we or the former Redskins and the Patriots were some of the only ones that that came through so continuity definitely was an issue because some of these teams didn't have the the mini camps over the summer that they ordinarily would and they had a lot of the virtual meetings and obviously no preseason and that brings me to the the Tom Brady situation, uh, you know, I, I I've been hearing a lot since the game uh, Sunday afternoon about how Brady has absolutely lost it already, and he has completely gone downhill. And oh, uh, he is—he was a system quarterback in New England. All the stuff that I kind of already said last week was was nonsense. And again, this is week one. Now you tell me. If you're Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, any of these great quarterbacks of the league, Eddie, don't you think you'd have an easier time defending your home field against Ryan Fitzpatrick than you would going to New Orleans and trying to defeat Breeze and that defense and that coaching staff who last year was also very, very good on their their home field? I mean, I I, I think that this was set up schedule-wise for brady to get off to a rough start i really do i mean i know he was out there working with receivers in in shorts and t-shirts over the summer and he was in the park that he wasn't supposed to be in and all that stuff Mm. but there were some plays that obviously i mean he threw one interception where him and uh evans were not on the same page yep there's going to be some growing pains there's no question about it and i just think that to after one week of Brady being in a new uniform, that, Oh man, the the internet, the memes, they, they, they crushed him. And you know what, this is going to be something you're going to hear probably all year long. What did new England do? What did Brady do? What did Cam Newton do? What did Brady do? And for Cam Newton, I thought he did fine in his first game in new England. I mean that you have to say that's, that's not gotta be not an easy situation for him, him either for the same reasons we mentioned before, but you know, he's, he's got big shoes to fill up there and he didn't try to beat Tom Brady. He ran, you know, he did cam, he did his thing, uh, and to get that team to win up there. So, you know, kudos to him too. He still looked like a goof. I thought he, what was he wearing?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's sometimes, I, always, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's sometimes you have to bypass the, you know, the, 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 story, the, the, um, the clothing section and the, the the clothing selection style of choice, but I mean, looking at Cam, I had a chance to view the highlights, and uh, from what I saw, uh, he, Cam was pretty efficient. Man, he he passed for 155 yards and threw touchdowns and um, no interceptions. No interceptions. He took two sacks. Um, Cam looked it like himself. He was out there dancing and having fun, and you know, like I told people in the past, if Cam gets healthy and if Cam starts having fun. And he starts winning games. I mean, look out! I mean, yes, we've said. You know, a lot of us have said. A lot of people have said that they picked the Bills to win to the vi- the division. But yes, it's er- yes, but yes, it's early in the season. Yes, they played Miami, in um, you know, Miami in September. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like how people get riled up over uh, baseball games in April. You know what I mean? Like that week one is kind of like ah, well, you know, week one is like you know, you see what you got you see what you got and then when it comes to cam newton you know all eyes on him he's got a point to prove i mean he's in that belichick system and uh cam just looked really efficient and he wasn't trying to do entirely too much so i think the uh, the change of scenery is great for him but uh we, we gonna see what he does next week we, that's gonna be interesting to see and looking at other situations like you said where continuity really had the um Really, really had something to do with it. I think um, Tom Brady may have his Edelman and a guy by the name of Scotty Miller because Scotty Miller was yeah. all over the place. Yes, he was all over the place. Um, Mike Evans, you know, he kind of had it. He had a hamstring issue, but he did, you know, get a touchdown. But that Saints defense looked it great, looked at awesome. They were flying around all, the, all over the place. And they made it real uncomfortable for Tom Brady. Meanwhile, you got Shady McCoy blowing blocks. You know, I mean, <laughs> you got to protect this man, man. You got to block this man at all costs. And you really can't just have him dangling out there like that, man. And uh, as I stated earlier, you know, the um, Baltimore Ravens—they look good. They look great. Cool. They ran all up and down with the Browns. Huh? I don't know what to say, Scotty. What do you think about this whole Browns situation? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it was in a in a topsy turvy, upside down world this year. The Browns were still Brownsish, the Lions were Lions-ish, and the Bengals were Bengalsish. So, it, you know, you had some normalcy there. You, you know, the, the the Browns game. If you're a Browns fan, I, I know you got to feel lousy about how how badly that that turned out. But the Ravens are one of the teams that are being predicted to be a Super Bowl team this year because they're good everywhere. I mean, Lamar Jackson looked fantastic. I mean, obviously he's the the MVP, but he looks like he just picked up right where he left off. But that team is solid everywhere, all over the board. So if you're Cleveland, you say, you know what, let's go get better. Let's regroup. I, I think they've got uh, some real problems with Baker Mayfield not having... I don't know if an identity is, is the way... I, I I feel like he wants to try to do too much and I think he needs to to focus on you know, just complete the next pass. Let's let's you know, I, I just think he tries to to do too much sometimes, you know, and he, he's he he needs to learn to play his own his own game. He has no chemistry with Odell Beckham and that's that's supposed to be their their best guy. You know, they went out and got this guy a year ago. Well, now you've had a full season and, and you're into your second season with them. And they're, they're not developing any kind of chemistry together. That's a problem. The lions is the one to me though, is the, is the, I mean, what happened there? they they had that game. What were they up? 20, 23, six or something. like? like they, I, I forget what it was, but for them to blow that game, that, that, that was atrocious. That, that one really hurts. so, I think that this is that's going to be the first thread being pulled under the Matt Patricia regime in in Detroit. The Bengals, you know, here you have your 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 young quarterback, and I think that you know he they they I think they played it right with him. They didn't do too much. They let him run and be athletic. He scored a touchdown. Um, he he threw a, a bad shovel pass at one point that 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 he shouldn't have. But having said that. He got the ball back at the end of the game and had a chance to win the game for them. They came down the field and he threw the winning touchdown pass and they, they called offensive pass interference on AJ green, rightfully so good call. But you know, that led to a field goal attempt to tie the game. You know, they're playing the Chargers. a field goal attempt to tie, tie the game and the kicker misses by a a ton and, (sighs) and pulls a muscle or whatever happened there. So, if you're the Bengals, at least you can say, wow, you know, we were in that game. We had a little hope, and I thought Burrow looked uh, poised and confident. You know, you, you don't expect him to come out and look like Patrick Mahomes in the first game of his career, but I thought for what we saw of him, it was, it was promising. So for those three perennial bottom-dwelling teams, you know, I think the Bengals probably – today feel better about what happened than any than the other two teams uh, I, I would say well i mean what do you think uh, between those three teams
0: I, I think the most upside would have to be the Bengals because the Bengals were the bangles were in the game the entire game you know every right. up here mishap there of uh, you know he only threw for you know 139 yards through one you know interception but he ran one in and he looked like hey this is my team i know what i gotta do and um, the offensive coordinator, they didn't try to stifle him. They are like, look, we know what you can do. Just go out there and just make do with what you got. You know, this kind of um, – this year is going to be a trial-by-error year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And for the Lions, man, I, week, week five, you think Matt Patricia's gone? By week five. I, I think week five he's gone.
1: He is he, gone. He might, you might be right. He may not survive this this whole season. If, if that's what you have happened to you right off the bat, I mean – Correct me if I'm wrong, but that game is in Detroit too, right?
0: In Detroit, and then Deion, yeah. and then DeAndre Swift, he keeps he, <coughs> he coughed up a fumble that could have been a, a oh. game a, a game um a game ceiling touchdown. And then Mr. Trubisky, he's like Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's another guy, you know, playing with a point to prove this year, and he goes off, he has a good game and makes it makes him like a world beater. So uh yeah out of the three teams you just mentioned the most upside has to be the Cincinnati Bengals as long as their wide receiving core can stay healthy, you know, handle the ball off the mix and then just Joe Burrow can just do the best he can. And speaking of offensive pass interference, Scotty D, we got the end of the Cowboys Rams game. First of all, I'm looking at these the stadium is nice, it's beautiful and I'm looking at the Rams uniform. It has the Los Angeles Rams. I'm like, we know who you are. You you got a name tag on your jersey i don't get it but the offensive pass interference by <laughs> allegedly by michael gallup on it, Jalen ramsey Jalen ramsey deserves an emmy for the world's finest sell job flop job i think it was a little bit overboard but i get it you're trying to draw the penalty to do what you got to do um was it the right call I think it had to do something. I think, personally, they could have let it slide. I mean, Michael Gallup, he caught the ball with one hand. I can see if he had no shot at the ball, was completely smothered, and was grabbing and pulling on him. Because think about it, Scottie D. It's a lot of hand fighting, hand checking going on the field all the time between cornerbacks and wide receivers. But it was one of the worst timings in the history of the world to get that called on you.
1: Oh, it was... The, the timing of it was, was a killer. No, no question about it. You know, it's hard for me to tell you my true opinion on it because I'm looking at it through blue and silver lenses. You know, I, I, I hated the call. I, I, I understand what the referee was calling when he said the arm extended. Now, you know, again, that AJ Green call and, you know, for the Cincinnati game, he outright shoved off and then to make the catch. I'm with you. To me, it looked like you have to let that the hand fighting go. And Ramsey sold it. I don't know if another cornerback would have got the call. He's the big name guy. He's the money guy. I, I don't know, Eddie. I, I you know I, I I've heard both sides of this. I, I, I want to tend to agree with you. I, I don't like over penalized games, over penalized situations. And that is a tough one. When you see those guys hand fighting, you know, a lot of times I think they call pass interference on the defense that I'm not happy when they call that to it, unless you have to actually hook the arm or pull a jersey or something. I think sometimes you have to let it go. And that was one where I, I certainly, you know, as a Cowboy fan, wish they had let it go. Having said that, the Cowboys scored three points in the second half, and there was 30 seconds left in that game. To that point, they had scored three points in the second half. That's a problem. Um you know, Dak Prescott's asking for all this money, and now from last season through the Sunday night game, in one possession games, the Cowboys are 1-7. They're 5-9 and nine in their last 14 games. At some point, the quarterback has to be held accountable. You know, I know that the Cowboys last year, I, I, and I was the guy leading the charge with the pitchfork against Jason Garrett. We had to make a change. Very strange to me that they would – Retain the offensive coordinator, you know, bring McCarthy in. He's an offensive minded guy. They retain the coordinator. <sighs> you know, I, I, I'm a little, I was a little bit questioning that when it first happened. You know, we were on the, we were recording our show when we found out McCarthy was the guy that got hired. And, you know, I was very much, very unhappy with that the, the moment I heard it. I he was kinda, miffed. <laughs> I was miffed at first. Yeah. Cause I wanted one of these young, up-and-coming guy you know I wanted a, a new guy I wanted somebody young like uh like rule for Carolina I wanted one of these guys. and you know as the offseason was going along I, I'm thinking you know McCarthy maybe the maybe he is the right guy because he has experience and this is a team that's not looking to build for the future they're looking to win right now and so maybe he is the right guy and he still might be Eddie you know like I said this is not falling after week one but uh you know I I'd like to see whenever every once in a while, when you're in a position where you need your quarterback to carry you to a win, I need to see Dak Prescott do that. When the Cowboys got the ball back Sunday night at the end of the game, they're down three. They get the ball back with two and two. We'll say two and a half minutes. It took them ten plays to move fifteen yards. Wow! Now, now, can you imagine Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson being in that position and not even getting? past midfield not even not even getting a, a, a resembling a look at a at a long field goal I mean I just the, these guys that are making the big money these big time quarterbacks I just cannot imagine them being in a situation with one time out in the two minute warning that they 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 accomplish 15 yards in 10 plays you know you, you got to do better than that Dak if you want to be you know if you're demanding this kind of money because in in dallas i mean that football's king down there they'll let you know that yeah. you know
0: you're right you know. scott they, they 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 will let you know and just like those guys you mentioned um rogers and mahomes and wilson you know they're you know they're known for not cracking under pressure you know they're known for <laughs> improv. you know think about like all three of them you know if it don't go according to plan they will improvise if need be also, that's why they're making the big damn money because they make big things happen. And what Dak has to understand, well, he should already know by now. Hey, man, if you want all this money, you got to make things happen. Play falls apart. You're gonna use your arm. You're gonna use your feet. What you gonna do? The short receiver, the your flats. You're gonna throw a screen. Like what? What are you? In order for you to want this, if we're gonna pay you, then what you gonna do on your end to assure that you can um. That 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 you could put us in a winning position because, you know, if it takes you ten plays, how many you how many skydaddy how many plays you said?
1: They said well, they they ran about they ran ten plays and got about fifteen yards.
0: Yeah, ten yeah 10, 10 plays, fifteen yards. I mean,
1: his first two throws were I think like three or four yard gains, and you know you you're you're facing defenses that are guarding the sidelines guarding the deep ball you got to get down the field 10 and 15 yard chunk plays you know i mean this is where your legendary quarterbacks have made their money i mean you always think of montana elway brady with the comeback wins You, you know they they all they all do they march down the field at crunch time all the all the big time quarterbacks have to come through in that situation and I just haven't seen that out of Dak Prescott the last two years. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a great, likable guy. And again, this is only one week of this season. But, you know, we I've seen th- this pattern, you know, with him before. And I I, I was very disappointed in, in the end of the game and in the fact that the Cowboys didn't at least get a chance to tie the game up. You know, I know they, they, they passed on the field goal earlier in the game. That's a whole other story. You know, I thought that was very strange, mm-hmm. but um, you know, because there was 10 minutes left in the game at that point on the road, nonetheless. But, and, you know, if if the referee doesn't call the penalty on Michael Gallup, it, it changes the whole narrative. Maybe then they kick a field goal. Maybe they win in overtime. Who knows? It didn't come out that way. But, you know, whenever you're up 14, 13 at halftime and you have 17 on the board with 30 seconds left in the game, something in the middle there, you you know you you didn't do enough you didn't do enough to win the game and you know eddie i I tell you if you look at the at the league over this this first week quarterback is what was bigger than ever look at the performance of mahomes and russell wilson and and lamar jackson and rogers and breeze I, i feel like those guys are now like Especially Mahomes and Wilson, I feel like, are – and you could actually throw Lamar in there too. He's the MVP. Those guys, I feel like they're kind of the elite of the elite right now. Like I, if you see what Russell Wilson did on on Sunday, if if he plays like that this year, that's MVP. He he'll be the MVP of the league, and he'll take Seattle to the Super Bowl. I thought Seattle was going to go in on Sunday. Actually, in my in my little whole idea with my friends. I picked Atlanta to win that game. I don't know why I keep picking for Atlanta because they let you down.
0: But, I'm about to see yeah did they 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 let you down a lot last year They do. Defense? Oh boy it's they just do. And, and and Atlanta is another one of those situations like what the hell what, what what are we doing? What what what's going on? You can't get right like you just you know and just like you we had this conversation was it last week about Matt Ryan going from you know one of those borderline elite guys to right. damn near Matthew yeah. Stafford.
1: But he had he had a uh, significant numbers on Sunday too, mm. but Russell Wilson I think was what like thirty three of thirty six or something like that. this oh, and, and and he's this guy is is so his football IQ is so high. I think I said that last week where he knows when to run. He doesn't let himself take hits, and now it looks to me more so in the game yesterday. And again, one week, but. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you have you in the past heard you have to run the ball to set up the pass? Well, I think Seattle would look like they're going the opposite direction. They're letting Russell Wilson be that threat. They cut him loose, and then that opens up your running lanes. I think. I mean, to me, that seemed like like they kind of cut Russell Wilson loose, and I just at this point I feel like we might be watching a quarterback who is in his prime, really starting to hit his peak here. And I think Mahomes is in that boat. and I think Lamar might be in that boat as well. Um, but the, the and, and Aaron Rodgers and Breeze, I think both showed, Hey, we still, we're still, we're the old guys, but we still got it too here and with their big days on Sunday. But uh, man, Mahomes and Wilson to me look like the elite of the elite right now when it comes to the NFL quarterback.
0: Yeah. Um, for a while, man, they they really like, you know, we just going to, because think about fight the pass, you know, this past, like, 10, 11, you know, years to see has been successful. Was like, look, we're going to run the ball and play good defense. We're going to run the ball, play good defense. We're going to put our quarterback out there. Just don't F this up. Yeah. But they, but they found a dominant rough. And Russell Wilson, as you said, his football IQ is very, very high. So it's the classic case of him making something, you know, making something out of nothing. Now, he's been doing that for a while. They finally got him, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and they said they want to re-sign Josh Gordon whenever he puts the weed down so right just imagine them having all that not to mention the backfield they got Chris uh, Chris Carson one of the most underrated backs in the league and also yep. Carlos, Carlos Hyde who's still serviceable the defense is you know the, the you know Seattle's defense is the Seattle defense it's not as strong as it once was but it'll 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 keep you from it'll keep you winning games so now it's going from just being, hey, play defense to run the ball to now, okay, now we got a quarterback. who has some wide receivers. They have a balanced offensive attack. And like you said, they kind of took the top off Russell Wilson. Like, look, he's, I, I think Scotty D, between, you know, we look at him and Joe Burrow and a few other guys, it's going to be like, look, here's the keys. Make the best of it. And crazy as it is, you're going to laugh. But you know who else is pretty efficient yesterday? Tell me. Uncle Rico. Garner Minshew the second. Uh,
1: I'm so glad you brought that up. Because I was that that was one of the guys I was going to talk about here right after you were you were completing that thought. Cause I, I, I think I don't remember if I said this on the air before, but I I was t- talking about how Jacksonville looks like they're tanking for Trevor. You know, look like they want to have the the first pick in the draft. Uh-uh. Men's Mania,
0: baby. Manchu Mania, hey man, Uncle, they Uncle Rico, <laughs> hey, you know, he's gonna wind up being one of those cult, you know, one of those cult, you know, cult figures in the NFL. I mean, it, from a fancy football standpoint, my silly behind, I went and picked up the Colts defense, Jaguars, cakewalk, easy, no Fournette, no problem, no issue. But oh, they made me look silly because. Um, they, they, the Jaguars messed around and won a game. Yeah, they, they messed around and won the freaking game. Matter of fact, Garner Minshew, he was 19 for 20 for 173 yards and three touchdowns. They, one more time 19 for 20, which means he had one bad pass. One, <laughs> Scott, bad pass for yeah. only 173 yards and 3 touchdowns. Like yeah, and people like, "Oh man, yo, you know, they let Nick Foles go and now he's told this Uncle Rico look like, "Hey man, look if if th- that that's not a bad showing for a second year quarterback to be that efficient.
1: Cuz no, huh? they were trailing in that game too. They had to come mm-hmm. back
0: to that game. Yeah, they had, to, they had to come back in that game, and they just—he kept him in the game. Keelan, you know, Keelan Core scored. Uh, DJ Chart Jr. scored, and a guy you gonna need everybody. Get, free, get for me with the name of Laviska Chenault Jr. He's gonna be a, g- a great gadget piece for the Jaguars. Scotty D, we didn't talk a whole lot about football. Let's go and just run through everything else right fast when it comes to the NBA and the NHL. Uh, of course, as most of you know, if you've been watching the uh the houston rockets yeah they gone yeah they got eight six by the lakers which means lakers move on to the conference finals and then in the other west conference semifinals between the nuggets and the clippers game seven go big or go home but over in the east no one predicted this one between the heat and the celtics i did not predict it none whatsoever um I say it once again for the Bucks: Chris Middleton, he just ain't it. He just ain't it. He's gonna need some help. And then over in the West, James Harden's like, "We need one more piece. We know we need more, more, more piece." Scotty, we just had this conversation about live by three, die by three basketball, and how it worked for Golden State for various reasons. But Houston, not gonna happen.
1: Well, they they were like you said, they died by the three. It was like, where's Plan B? The Lakers really did those guys up. Um, a few times they the lakers got up big and houston shot their way back into it but that's the way it is with houston if the shots don't go down then they go down and that's what happened the lakers they really stepped their defense up for the second series in a row the lakers lost the opening game then won the next consecutive four games man i i i actually as a laker fan you know i was happy to see that but i i felt like houston was going to put up a better fight you know It's – and now D'Antoni's gone. He's already moved on from from Houston. I don't know where the Rockets go from here. Do they – you know, I don't know. I think Harden's under contract for a few more years here, if I'm not mistaken. And, again, I haven't looked that up, so I don't know. But um, that style of basketball, to me, is not going to win you a championship unless you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Uh, And that's – The league is evolving into that. You know, every team wants to, wants to bomb the three, you know, it's like the new analytics of the NBA. Everybody wants to, to do that. And I think James Harden is an incredible scorer. I just don't know that he's the right guy to build your franchise around. I mean, this is year after year after year. Now he's, he's going out of the playoffs. He's not even made it to a championship you know, they were close a couple years ago and they had Chris Paul in there and he got hurt and they lost a golden seven and golden state in a in the game seven. I just I think you gotta have you gotta you gotta have your bigs to to win. And the Lakers went away from their bigs in this in this series. You know, they, they matched up with them small ball wise. You know, they didn't have McGee and Howard out there because they really couldn't guard these fast perimeter players and they weren't coming down to the paint. So the Lakers deed those guys up and and that and they've moved on. And in the meantime, what are the Clippers doing? Blowing a 19 point lead in the second half against the Nuggets. I I, I think when they, if they're good enough to build that lead, I think they blew a 16 point lead in another game. I I, I think the Clippers need to, what they need to do is just stay on the gas, and I think that that will happen in Game Seven. Nuggets have given them all they can handle. I just kind of feel like the Clippers, if they can get up 19. Then that means they they're good enough to beat this the team and just not you know not collapse like Ted for lack of concentration or whatever whatever happened they gave that up um, and I think in a game seven Kawhi Leonard is just he's he's the guy you want on your team so I think we're gonna have L.A., L.A. and then uh, boy Boston Miami very interesting because I I we- thought Milwaukee.
0: Was we two... nev- we never saw that coming. No, never I did saw it coming. It was just like we just went ahead and just like, you know what, the Bucks just go just straight to the Eastern Conference Finals and but but like I said, I said if if and I did say this, if the Bucks get to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's gonna be a fight between them and the Miami Heat. I said the the Heat was gonna push them to five. Um Yeah, the Heat was gonna push them to five. They did, but um yeah, Milwaukee – you know, Giannis got hurt. Milwaukee only won one game. Be, we did not predict this, the Heat and no. the Celtics.
1: Nope. It seemed like the, it was Milwaukee's – Milwaukee had the East to lose, which they did. And if if it wasn't going to be them, huh, we were tossing around Toronto, possibly Boston, Philly, and Miami just showed up. So very interesting, very interesting to see how, they, how those uh, – how those series will shake out. But again, you know, the Clippers aren't even there yet. They got to get by the Nuggets on Tuesday night. So we'll see if that, we'll see how that, uh, that all works out there in the bubble. Yep.
0: They're going to give them all Dick and Hamlin. Just don't be Daniel House Jr. Just don't, just don't be him. (laughs) Just don't be him. Uh, you, You got plenty of time to mess around now, Daniel. Plenty of time to mess around. Speaking of a conference finals that ain't messing around, let's go to the NHL conference finals the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Over in the East, Tampa Bay has a commanding 3-1 lead over the New York Islanders and over on the West. Be last pick the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh, boy, they are coming. They're looking at trying to overcome a 3-1 de- uh, deficit as the Dallas Stars lead the series 3-1. Scotty D one game could determine everything in both series.
1: Yes, sir. Um, and as we we spoke of before, Tampa Bay looks like they're trying to correct the wrong that they of getting eliminated, swept in the first round a year ago when they were the the best team in the NHL by far, and so they have uh, taken a commanding lead over the the Islanders. A very game Islanders team. I watched a little bit of of their. I think it was the third game. Actually, the Islanders won the game that I watched. They but they were again. They were up three to one and. Found themselves having to score right at the end of regulation just to to win that game. It just seems like Tampa Bay is too much. And admittedly, I have seen maybe three minutes total of the of the Vegas Dallas series, so I have not watched much NHL West.
0: Hey man, that's West Coast hockey, man. Did they, they treat it just like the Pac Pac twelve? Hey man, <laughs> that comes on win. Hey man, we're going to bed. We got some other stuff to do, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, man, between the um, NHL and the NBA, man, we narrowed it down to the finals. Then we got baseball. They, you know, starting to lock down playoff spots as soon as possible, man. We And then we got football back, of course. Not to mention we got college football. We didn't talk about college football too much because it's Clemson 1, the Big Ten still ain't playing, the SEC starting soon, and there's everybody else. So hopefully in the weeks to come, we'll have more to talk about. But Scotty D., guess what time it is?
1: What time is it, Eddie Cool?
0: It's time for our favorite part of the show. And with that being said, hey button. Hit it. And now our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button. For introducing our favorite section of the show, you heard the woman, the choices of the voices. And Scotty D, I must say, ma'am, the past two weeks of the choices of the voices has been wildly and highly entertaining between our listeners, going back and forth at each other. Um, you getting praised for dropping the mic. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, hey, man, Scotty D, keep the good thing going, man. I'm going to shut my mouth and uh, what's the question for this week's choices of the voices?
1: Very simply, who is the best college quarterback you ever saw play? And we had uh quite a few variety of different different choices from our voices out there. Eddie, who'd we have?
0: All right, I'm, I'm going to spoiler alert. I'm going to save the best for last. I want Scotty D to have fun with this one. Uh, our big homie from um, the nation's capital, Joe Gafkin, he said Michael Vick. Not only did he have a cannon, yes, Lord, he did, but he is and by far one of the most fastest, most elusive quarterbacks I've ever seen. Hashtag video game
1: cheat code. Mm, he, he was like watching a video game, man. He he really was something special at Virginia Tech. And just something about him being a lefty just made it even more exciting for some reason. I don't know, just because it was it was so different. Uh, I, that's a good call on that one.
0: Yeah, it is very, very different, man. Good Uncle Max, what's going on, man? He said, I love watching Doug Flutie play. Flutie Flakes, Doug Flutie. That's who Uncle Max picks as an exciting uh, college quarterback. What is that pass to Gerald Phelan at the end of the game?
1: Yeah, to beat Miami. Uh, that, and and I have to be honest with you. You know, I was a kid then, and I didn't watch Doug Flutie play a lot. I just I know that he won the Heisman, really, but a it felt like a single pass. But <laughs> I I don't I don't I can't pretend that I know a lot of what Doug Flutie looked like on the college football field. But I mean he he obviously was. Extremely good to win the Heisman. You know, it, it went beyond that one pass. But how famous is that? I mean, you see that replay all the time, and you just picture in your mind Flutie like jumping up and down as he's coming down the field after he threw it.
0: He was short, number what number twenty two jersey. The jersey was bigger than he was, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. He was, um, he had he had that, uh, yeah, size didn't matter. You know, him and Muggsy bows man, well, size what? Well, I'm having to shoot this basketball. And Doug said, I'm gonna throw this here in football and I'm gonna win some games. Win some games. He found great success in Canada, so it was a perfect match. Our very own Martin Tracy, Maddie Icy said, first one comes to mind without a doubt is Michael Vick. And we got two for Doug Flutie. And we got a third honorable mention about some dude named Scott Donnelly for his for his QB-like mic dropping <laughs> history lessons on Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm have to agree with you on that, man. Uh, Scotty D really gave us a thorough history <laughs> lesson. So listen up, you pencil neck geeks. In the words of uh, classic Fla- Freddie Blassie. yeah, Scotty D gave gave us, gave us a history lesson. History lesson. B-Live wasn't so happy about it, but uh, we'll let him plead his case <laughs> at another time. So, uh,
1: And neither was Trey Dizzle. Trey, Trey wants to offer a lot of resistance here, but uh, we'll get to Trey later. Oh, boy, a
0: lot of resistance. All right, here we go. We got Bruce Diamond. He said J.P. Lossman.
1: Crickets on that one.
0: Moving right along, we got <laughs> – we uh, J.P. Lossman, I guess he was the man. I, I remember J.P. Lossman playing for Tulane. Yeah, and he played for Buffalo and
1: he was a Buffalo's first round pick. I think one year around late 90s or so.
0: Yeah, extremely late, extremely late. Oh, Scotty D, uh, doing my little bit of research, I found this tidbit about J.P. Lossman, according to Wikipedia. So grain of salt, if you got it between your fingers. In 2007, J.P. Lossman joined Clemson as a coaching intern. He eventually became the offensive coach. And in March 2019, while taking part in throwing drill at Clemson's Pro Day, he was asked by an NFL scout if he would consider returning to the league despite not having played since 2011. Loss been declined. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Yeah, that was um, in 2019. Who, who was – somebody had to be hurt if they just – Scraping a bottle of the pork and bean barrel for JP Lossman. I'm just saying. I told a total yeah. of 6,000 career passing yards, 33 touchdowns, 34 interceptions. It, 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 yeah, slim pickings for J for the NFL and JP Lossman. I wish I knew who the scout was. <laughs> who knows? All right, Scotty. Move right along. We got Craig Burns. He said, "Not that I understand the rules a little bit, bit because he was being a funny guy." He said, "I'll go with Tony Rice of the nineteen eighty eight Fighting Irish." I heard, I heard a little something about Tony Rice, Scott.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was really good that that year. Um, I, you know, he had Tim Brown. I'm pretty sure was his receiver. That that was his connection. And and Rice was fast. He was an option runner. You know, he was a running quarterback. Yeah, he he was he was pretty good. I I think that was Notre Dame's na- last national championship.
0: Yep, was, was good old Lou Holtz at the helm. He was <laughs> Lou Holtz, <laughs> good old Lou Holtz. Rambus Evans, I like this one personally. He said Colt Brennan of the University of Hawaii. Yes, Colt Brennan didn't he have like the um the all time passing record in uh, NCAA history?
1: Like, I touch- feel like. Did yeah? At one at one point maybe still
0: does. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah,
1: that dude threw a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, he threw the, he threw the ball a whole lot. Think about it, that's crazy, man. Like, every once in a while, um, Hawaii will have a you know will, will sneak up and have a you know a fairly decent quarterback. Um, yeah, you remember they had a guy by the name of Timmy Chang.
1: I do. Yeah, he's another one that threw the ball a ton.
0: Yeah, they really they really 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 put that ball in there. Air, so I'm looking at his college records. Um, second all time in most career touchdowns, responsible for 146. Um, NCAA record for most 400 yard games, 20 achieved in 2007. Uh, let's see, he has 6 all time in NCAA history in total passing yards with 14,193. Fourth all time with career touchdown passes at 131. Um, he was a bad dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah he, yeah,
0: yeah, he 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 was a bad dude, man. Some of his records have since been eclipsed, but um, yeah, Colt Brennan was a bad dude. I, I don't I don't know. It must must be the beat, Scotty D. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: so. Yeah. Relax why and just sling it around.
0: Yeah, just go out there throw the football. I'm going to be June Jones. Wear a Hawaiian shirt and just throw the ball. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He was a, he's a great coach. One of the greats. Uh, they don't talk about him that much. Uh, Monique Adams said she asked some of her coworkers, and they said Deshaun Watson and another coworker said Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Two championship-winning quarterbacks. Thank you for your answer, Monique. Um, The Almighty Live said Charlie Whitehurst.
1: Yeah, Clemson, all the way. All roads lead to Dabo.
0: Yeah, Charlie Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus. Yes, I think he threw a, <laughs> 35 NFL passes, took 20 sacks, and just held the clipboard and just stood there and grew a long hair and a beard. You know, kind of – Huh? Clemson legend. Hey, man, Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst. We're joking. All jokes aside, he said Deshaun Watson. Yeah, B-Live picked Deshaun Watson. Uh, Dave Romito, he said Dan Marino, the legendary Dan Marino. One of the best to never win a Super Bowl. I'm not a Dolphins fan, but to know what Dan Marino does? Hurts my heart, man. I saw um, a career highlight package on him. Like, ah, if he, you know, I think Dan Marino would be talked about in that conversation if he would have won at least one. Yeah one because i think all it takes is one uh steven delamore said vince young was dynamic in everything he did at the college level
1: well i i don't know about his overall career but he had maybe the best single game i've ever seen a college quarterback have when they when they beat usc that one year i forget what even bowl game that was in but it it, it was he he was like a one-man gang that night and that 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 Southern Cal team was loaded with liner Reggie Bush and Lendell white. I mean, that was a
0: good, good team, man.
1: And, uh, Vince Young, man, he he just put on a performance of a lifetime that night.
0: I can explain Steven's reasoning for selecting the answer because Steven is a Texas boy and hook hook'em horns all day long, all the time. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a first-hand account of watching Vince Young do what he did. Hey, man, Vince Young was a hell man. Just kind of wish that it, it, it started to translate towards the NFL. Was he in the MVP running one year?
1: For in the NFL?
0: Yeah, I thought he was.
1: Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I, I don't remember him ever getting off that good of a year in the NFL. Uh, he, you know, he he had some problems for for a little while there too. So I I don't I don't remember that Eddie. I mean I I can't swear to it, but I don't think
0: he had some problems. <laughs> Nobody seemed to solve. Since B-Live picking at us about singing on the show, we get we got to sing every once in a while. So, uh, the barge problems, all this love. All right, so here we go, wrapping it up. Uh, we got Paul Odom. He said Cam Newton. Yep, once he um got out of Florida and you know did his thing at Blinn uh, Junior College and won a couple of national college uh junior college championships and went to Auburn and won the big one. Yeah, Cam only- Newton that guy?
1: Did he only play one year at Auburn?
0: I think he did. If I, I,
1: I know he had one heck of a year and they, you know, they won the national championship. I, I couldn't remember if that was his only year that he actually played for Auburn, but Cam was yeah. a very special college, college football player. No, no question about it.
0: Yeah. He beat a, I think that team, they just steamrolled the entire SEC conference. I mean, and that West division alone was tough. Yeah, that West Division was a very, very, very tough division to play in. It was Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State, LSU, um, Ole Miss. Yeah, one of the toughest, uh, the toughest divisions to play in um, in college football. Yeah, that year he won it all. He had only um, two years in Florida, uh, that one year, 09, in um, Blend College, and then that spectacular year in Auburn where um, he rushed for 1,000, Super 2000. Uh, wow, and th- he won the Heisman, correct? If I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yep. yep. He he won by Heisman, and hey, this was Tim Tebow's backup. Yeah, Tim Tebow's backup. So, um, yeah, man, something in the water, man. So, yeah, Cam Newton. Yep, uh, yes, Paul. He was a hell of a player. Well, Scotty, that's it. Well, nope, nope. Wait a minute. Hold on. Like I said, we're gonna say the best players, and here we go. We got the one, the only, Trey Dizzle, and he said. Scotty took a wild guess.
1: Tony Romo?
0: Oh, he said Tony Romo. There's <laughs> nothing. He said, There's nothing better than seeing numbers. Somebody cue me some sexy music. <laughs> there's nothing better than seeing number 17 on college football Saturday lace up that sexy blue Eastern Illinois Panthers jersey and break Sean Payton's records. Wow.
1: Yeah. Trey, yeah, if, if you're listening, buddy, we, we really need to talk. We really need to sit down and work some things out.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Trey just, Trey just said, This here a light, it is heavy.
1: <laughs> and, and, Trey, yeah, you know, if you're listening, I know that you're down on Dak Prescott, and I think I was pretty objective earlier discussing his shortcomings. So that should hold you for a little while. Um, well, we need we need uh we might need to start going to
0: some meetings or something, buddy, about this Romo thing.
1: That's just my opinion.
0: Coming soon to Sports Bros Podcast Intervention, where we bring Trey Dizzle in and try to figure out what the hell is going on, Scotty. <laughs> just like I said, man, the past few threads or <laughs> the choices of the voices they have been wildly entertaining between yeah. between Maddie Ice, Trey Dizzle, you just going back and forth. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, if you ever want some good entertainment where some guys are just talking sports and just going at it kind of like the guys in the barbershop or or, 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 or your uncles in them in the backyard after having a few, you need to check out the Sports Bros podcast, Choices of the Voices post, and we try to post that every Thursday. Hell, sky D, you might have to post it a day earlier instead. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna try to get this the,
1: the the new topic out on wednesday this week so we'll uh,
0: some,
1: some days i i'm more up to date than others we'll try it this week
0: yep stay tuned man we got something special planned for the choices of the voices somebody put a little uh birdie in my ear and um you know scott i i can't tell everybody how the sausage is made but um yeah i think <laughs> I, I i think it'll be very very interesting all right scott D, who did you pick
1: well, I, I did share before that I thought that Deshaun Watson was one of the greatest I've ever seen at the collegiate level. And he was the most exciting quarterback. And and I watch a lot of his games because, you know, being in South Carolina, Clemson is you know, they're they're big there. And um he just always seemed to play his best in the big games. I'm gonna go away from him though for for a guy who is often overlooked, and that is a guy by the name of Tommy Frazier from Nebraska. Oh, that's a
0: good one. Wow, yeah. Damn, I forgot all about Tommy Frazier.
1: Tommy Frazier gets overlooked a lot because he had no NFL career, and so his name ends as his college career ended. But this is a guy who, in his career, went 33-3 and and was the most viable player of the national championship three years in a row. The first year they lost to Florida State, and I think he was actually co MVP with Charlie Ward, who was another one of the great quarterbacks I had ever ever seen. But if you remember the the early '90s Nebraska Cornhuskers, they were just they they were phenomenal. They you know they just didn't lose. They just rolled people. And you know Tommy Frazier also had Lawrence Phillips as a backfield mate, who, who you know he had a tragic story as well. But uh, Tommy Frazier. In on his way to a national championship in his in his junior year, had blood clots that caused him to miss a handful of games. Uh, they replaced him by a young guy named Brooke Beringer, who I believe is also um, I think he died in a helicopter accident or something a few years ago. But uh, he came back in time to to play in the Orange Bowl, and uh, he actually I think they I think he didn't start the game, but came into the game and ended up coming from behind to beat Miami, and they won the national championship. Then the following year, uh, he, he was just on fire. He, he had uh, over 1,300 yards passing. He, he was running. He was, like, really, in today's game, uh, uh, he, he would fit in in today's NFL, I think, a lot better because that run-pass option is so prevalent in today's NFL where, you know, he was kind of a, a guy before his time back in Nebraska. But Tommy Frazier was outstanding. A lot of people think he should have won the Heisman. It, it went to Eddie George that year. But three years in a row, this guy's the MVP of the biggest game of the year. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's sad that because of his health conditions, he didn't get drafted. He had the, a recurrence of the of the blood clots. And then he had, I think, just a, a short career in the CFL. And you know health, health issues just always sideline this guy. But in today's NFL, he would be drafted probably very high where he was not drafted at all back then the style of play back then again in in 1995 was not as conducive as it is today's NFL it was you know we were more pocket passer oriented at that point in the NFL as uh than 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 today but Tommy Frazier was outstanding and I just can remember just how dominant that Nebraska team was led by Tom Osborne and so Tommy Frazier is going to be my pick for this week how about you Eddie Cool. who you got?
0: Man, I tell you what, I don't, wow, how in the hell did I ever forget about, I think when I first started like watching, watching college football, I watched Nebraska, and I would see this number 15 just running around all over the place. I'm like, who is this dude?
1: Oh, he like, had a running order in one of those national championship games where it looked like he was tackled by seven guys, and then he just goes down the sidelines. He was he was incredible.
0: Yeah, man, he he was totally incredible. All right. So, I'm gonna pick Steve Tannehill. No, I am so joking. I am so lying. He, <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was he he was. Hey man, just look him up, man. Steve Tannehill, the University of South Carolina, mullet and all.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Oh, he, he was a cool <laughs> dude. Um, a little love
1: there, a little Gamecock love.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna have to pick Michael Vick, man. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pick Michael Vick because. You remember, Scotty? There was a gap between Tommy Frazier and then Michael Vick, and then you really didn't have anybody in between it. You, you, you really everybody was just traditional. Yeah, guy. that was about
1: the same. Yeah, that was about the same time. Sure.
0: Yep. Everybody was like traditional drop back, you know, drop back passing quarterbacks, and you know, and 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 that's it. That's that's what they were. And so, what Michael Vick can do he had a cannon he could run and he lit it up and then he really put virginia tech on the top like over the top when it comes to being a college football um a, a powerhouse one of those guys never won a championship but michael vick was just good at what he did and watching the 30 for 30 vick it's a two-part ep- a two-part series you get a, like a newfound respect of vick from where he came from and from him to be able to overcome what he did with the whole dog fighting scandal um, a certain time for jail. And then just on a mission, just redeeming himself. And it's sad that people mention Michael Vick and they first thing they bring up is the dog thing. People make mistakes and stuff happens, but you can't deny the ability that this man did as, you know, in three years at Virginia tech became the man and, Really understood, like okay, I gotta take this seriously. Right, this could be my ticket out the hood, and make the best episode. I mean, Michael Vick was just absolutely exciting. I mean, I was in South Carolina watching good old Biggie's football, <laughs>
1: and <laughs> he it... really put them on the map too. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he elevated that program.
0: Yeah, he 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 really did. Because before that, I couldn't tell you nothing about no dog on Virginia Tech. Who was that? Was it Jake Druckenmiller or something like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, baby, I, I I don't know, but I, I know that he definitely shown a light on that program for sure.
0: Yeah, he definitely shown like, hey, you know, this is we got some good players here, at Virginia Tech, man, and don't um, you know, and don't um, and don't overlook us, man. We actually got some good talent, and um, Virginia Tech got something to say, and um, yeah, man, Michael Vick, man, he is the video game cheat code. So I'm rolling with Joe Gaskin on that one. Michael Vick, I was gonna say Cam Newton. But I think we got, like, a sample sizing. Like you said, one season, you know, Cam Newton was great. But looking at guys like Tommy Frazier and Michael Vick and um, Deshaun Watson, they have, a you know. Tebow, they,
1: man. Tebow's right up there, too. And, and,
0: and Tebow, you know, you, you can consider those guys as some of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of college football. Joe Burrow, too, even though he had one year. But still, though, I mean, he yeah. he, he, he did a lot in a short window, man. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Michael Vick. So, Scotty D, you picked Tommy Frazier. I'm surprised that name didn't pop up, and I'm surprised I didn't think about that. I picked Michael Vick, and with that being said, shout-out to Trey Dizzle, Joe, Uncle Max, Matty Ice, Big Boss Man, Bruce Diamond, Craig Burns, Rambus, Dave, Monique, Stephen Delamore, Paul, and the Almighty Beeline for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, what's on tap for next week?
1: All right, this one here is just going to be a a multiple-choice question. Out of these NFL records, which do you find to be the most impressive? LaDainian Tomlinson rushing for 28 touchdowns in one season in 2006. Peyton Manning throwing for 5,477 yards in a single season in 2013. Or 149 receptions one year ago for Michael Thomas of the Saints. So those are all NFL records. Which one do you think is most impressive? Peyton Manning's passing record, Ladanian Tomlinson's touchdown record, or the receptions for Michael Thomas? And I'll post that uh, hopefully Wednesday morning. And uh, let us know what you think on choices of the voices
0: because we know y'all itching and scratching for the choices of the voices, and we participate your and we appreciate your participation. Scotty, we come a long way from talking about cereal.
1: <laughs> you know, I love the cereal topic. That was
0: great cereal Top was great man it was great it was a it was a great turnout man a great response man and um yeah and we know that b live is a milk first guy then no so cereal first then milk guy but that's neither here nor there b live we're picking at you because we love you and you and we miss you um we know you got
1: fun uh, in the world today
0: this be your boy the all yes, sir. yep yes, sir. yeah what what was another one of B Live's uh yes, sir. uh you can find me in St. Louis with the battlehawks and everything and But I digress. Yeah, but I digress. I got to put the train back on the track. And I don't be loud. I got to put the train back on the track. Not the track back on the train because that never works. All right, we get ready to get up out of here. We running in the third, trying not to slide. I'm going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. Just hit the ball. And Eric Hosmer, you better not say a word to me. (laughs) self censor myself. I'm still a little tight about that. Me and a coworker had a conversation about the whole um, Fernando Tatis home run situation. You got three choices. Plunk them. The bases are loaded. You plunk them. You're going to bring the runner home. You <laughs> walk them. Bring the runner home. Or just have them clear the bases all over again. It's like, what's the lesson of the three evils? But I digress. San Diego, they're still good. Hopefully, it makes noise in the playoffs. Pepper, pepper, pepper. Don't sneeze. Cover your nose. But if you do, wipe your face and keep it in your mask. Three topics. We talk about them. Rapid fire style. Kind of, sort of, not really. A mixture of comedy entertainment, and education. Yes, brand new tagline. I'm going to continue my tradition in this day in history. And Scotty D, he's going to have some funny stuff for us. Are you ready, Scotty D? I'm ready to hear this, buddy. All right, let's go ahead and shake this pepper round. On this day in 1952, the Braves, they had their last game in Boston Braves field before they moved to Milwaukee and become the Milwaukee Braves. Well, as you know, they didn't stay there long because now the Milwaukee Braves are the Atlanta Braves. Yep, they've been relocating for quite some time, and um, I think they just might stay in a, in Atlanta with that brand-new stadium. Hmm. What you think, Scotty D?
1: Well, they better. I mean, Atlanta just keeps throwing up stadiums every 20 years or so, so they, they might want to stick around for this. It's a beauty stadium. I've I've been there, so yeah.
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Turner Field. Anyways, I I understand the reason why. But with that being said, over to you, Scotty D.
1: All right, and at the 2009 British Open, Tom Watson nearly pulled it off a, a major victory at age 59. A lot of people remember him blowing that on the last hole with a bogey, but a lot of people don't remember that Stuart Sink won that tournament. Again, that was in 2009. Stuart Sink did not win again until this past Sunday. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit under the radar because it was NFL weekend and all that good stuff. But Stuart Sink won the uh, the Safeway Open at the Silverado Resort and Spa with his son on the bag. So congratulations, Stuart Sink, on your first PGA Tour victory since 2009. Back over to you, Eddie Cool. All
0: right, Scotty D, I got a good one for you here. You're going to like this one. On this day in history, back in 1977, The Baltimore Orioles, they forfeit to the Toronto Blue Jays when manager Earl Weaver pulls his team off the field in the fifth inning, citing hazardous conditions. Now, Scotty D.
1: What were those hazardous conditions?
0: I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Small tarpaulin on the bullpen mound. Now. Oh, it's what? Small tarpaulin. On the bullpen mound, ask me what tarpaulin is. What is that? Tarp. Okay, that's kind
1: of what I was thinking, but w- 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 explain. Go on, Eddie. Cole. Explain.
0: Okay, you, you have to you have to understand this. Okay, small tarpaulin on the bullpen. The the bullpen mound, not the actual mound, but the bullpen mound. So I guess Earl Weaver said, hey, "I'm put my boys out the field." What Earl in 1977, I'm pretty sure if Eddie Cool was alive back then, I probably would have said, Do better, Earl. Over to you, Scotty D.
1: (laughs) That's very strange. He was an eccentric, though, for sure. Yeah, and I think he was one of the all time ejection leaders, if I'm not mistaken, in Major League Baseball managerial history. Anyway, so this week will be the U.S. Open at uh where's that wing foot wing foot yeah
0: back hey the- wing
1: yeah um tiger woods will not make the cut i'm telling you that because two weeks ago he played at olympia fields up in illinois and the conditions were set up similar to a u.s open field with high rough and tiger is not getting off the tee well this year he looked a little bit tired i mean he's always going to have the back issue and everything he's never going to get four great days in a row to play Uh, I I hate to see it but I think Tiger is going to hit the ball in the rough he's going to make it harder hard on himself and I don't think Tiger's going to make the cut Uh, he missed the cut in 2006 at the same venue now this was his only cut missed during that this is like during his reign of dominance Uh, that was right after his father passed away so you know that may be a little bit more understandable but uh, the way Tiger's been struggling off the tee, that's kind of been a hallmark of his career. There's no room to do that at Wingfoot because the rough is going to be too high. And I'm picking John Rahm to win the U.S. Open this week. Eddie, cool. Back to you.
0: John Rahm, back at it again. All right, so here we go. On this day in 2002, Oakland Raiders quarterback Rich Gannon begins the NFL record-tying streak of consecutive games of 300 yards passing six throwing for 403 yards in the Raiders' 30, the 17th victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kurt Warner and Steve Young, they did it too. And Scott D., if I'm not mistaken, this was the year that Rich Gannon became the MVP and the Raiders went to the Super Bowl, right? 2002, is that what you said? Yep, says 2002. Yeah, I believe it was. That sounds right to me, yeah. Yep, man, see, hey, we just had a conversation about Rich Gannon last. See, all our episodes have a tie-in. They all have a tie-in, so you never know what you're going to get when you listen to the Sports Bros Podcast. So, yeah, Rich Gannon, he throws the ball around a whole lot, too. Yeah, went to the Super Bowl, couldn't win it, but that's neither here nor there. Over to you, Scotty D.
1: Episodic Sports Bros Podcast. That's what we do. Now, Eddie Cool, a while back, you may remember getting a text from me uh, this is right around the time we had Jackie Robinson Weekend, where all the players wore number forty-two. Mm-hmm. I I texted to you guys. I thought it would be a cool thing if they would allow the players of baseball to wear number twenty-one in honor of Roberto Clemente, because as a Pittsburgh guy, he's still legendary here. And huh, the Pirates did just that last week. They the whole team wore number twenty-one. And the league offered up any Puerto Rican player to also wear a 21 in honor of Roberto on that same day. And I thought it was really, really cool to see Roberto Clemente's 21 being honored in the same sort of tradition that Jackie Robinson has done. I I think that that 42 being retired across the league is something that should stay unique. You know, I don't that's not something I want to see done, because if you do it for more than one player, it's going to become a thing. Eh, We don't need another thing. But no. I do think it's very cool to have like a Roberto Clemente day like the Pirates did. And if it stays only with the Pirates team, that's cool. If the rest of the league would like to honor that, that's cool as well. But I thought it was really a special day that the Pirates decided to let, have a uh, Roberto Clemente honor because he was such a, a humanitarian in, a, in addition to being an outstanding baseball player. And then the Pirates lost that game. So that was a uh, very, very typical of the Pirates this season. <laughs> Roberto would be rolling over in his <laughs> grave if he was watching these boys play today. I tell you. Let's go, Bucks. Hey, uh, Eddie Cool, uh, before I, I, I get going, um, or before we we start uh doing our closing here, we haven't given much love to baseball the last couple weeks because of all this the the other things going on. But it looks like the Dodgers are currently sitting with the best record in baseball. Uh they are, I think, working on their, their seventh or eighth consecutive division title, something crazy. Cool. Crazy like that. I mean, they're thirty-three and fourteen as we're recording, and they're just winning every day. And being West Coast, we don't see them a ton, but uh, they're they're having an outstanding shortened season here. As are the Braves. Your Braves are twenty-eight and nineteen. They're looking just. Yes. Cubbies are twenty-eight and twenty. The White Sox and the Rays are both uh, quietly having good seasons. Uh, the Yankees have slumped. Uh, they are actually in third place in their division. Hard to get uh, Stanton and Judge on the field for the Yanks, and they've been having some Garrett Cole issues as well. And then uh, the A's also looking good, uh, leading the AL West. They are they have a six-game lead over the Astros. No cheating for the Astros this year, and it looks like no division title as well. But just wanted to give a quick mention of baseball because we're coming down the wire here. We're uh, starting playoffs, I think, the last week of September, and uh, as we record, we're mid-September, so – just wanted to throw a little bit of baseball in there before uh you did your thing there to close us up here, Eddie Cool.
0: Yep, that's true. Um the White Sox were um I think they were a sleeper team going into the season. So um yeah, yeah. the White Sox lead the central division. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, when we were talking preseason baseball here, uh <laughs> preseason in the summer, you know, I was yeah. in the the A's and the and the Rays as both being potential teams uh to, to watch out for, but I was still thinking uh, once the Yankees signed up Garrett Cole, they were going to have a, a, you know, they were going to bash their way to the division and get to the World Series. But they, they're they're not hitting very well, and they're not pitching very well. They're they're 26 and 21. It's not like they're terrible, but the Rays are 30 and 17. This is again as we record on Monday evening, so obviously those numbers will be changing in the next day or two. But um, yeah, it, it, and baseball's taking uh, eight teams from both. From both National League and American League, they're working Eddie on getting them uh, trying to do like a bubble playoff format for them as well. I'm not sure how they'll do that if they're they're planning on picking maybe a couple cities to to do that, like the NHL did. Uh, I you know they obviously are not going to be in one place like the NBA. That's that's not feasible for baseball, but uh, we'll we'll see. how that 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 should all be coming out, working itself
0: out here in the next two weeks or so. Hey man, can't wait, man. Hey man, it's it's that time of the year where. You know, the regular season, even though abbreviated or whatever, now we think about it. We got the World Series coming up, the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. Man, it's a great time to be a sports fan, and we'll be a full-swinging football season, too. Uh, what else is going on? All the, the Masters, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And Just imagine, back in March, we didn't know what the hell was going <laughs> on. Didn't know what's going on, so uh, yeah, man, it's, it's tightening up, man, tighten up. Uh, before we go, we want to give a happy birthday shout out to the legendary Dan Marino. Um, his birthday is today, he's a nine time pro bowler, former MVP, and he was the first to pass for 5,000 yards in the season 5,084 to be exact. That record stood for 24 years until Drew Brees may look like throwing for 5,000 yards easy because he did it four. Freaking times, mm. Drew, yeah. So, happy birthday to the one, the only Dan Marino, one of the greats. I wish that would have got him one. With that being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, we enjoy bringing it to you, and uh, you can reach B Live at Max B Shop, um, Northman and Church Road,
1: <laughs> Burgers. We got Best Brisket, Yizzer, yes,
0: Grits, Zima,
1: Grits, Zima. They got.
0: Sweet potato fries.
1: White Claw.
0: No law with the White Claw, baby. <laughs> uh, rib tips. Chicken wings. Hey, if you happen to see B-Live, just go in there and show him some love. He got, his, he got his ginormous Rona beard going on. I told him, don't you shave it because you know the girls love it, B-Live. They love that beard. They love that beard. Do not ask me how I know. But that's neither here nor there. You can check him out. And also all the other sports bros related platforms and content that we have on these internets the youtube account the instagram account the facebook light page yep go ahead and bust up those ratings and reviews if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, you know that purple little icon uh leave us a review say scotty d loves pirate burgers be live loves briskets Eddie Cool loves food. Tells your favorite color, your favorite type of salami. But either way, give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Um, the WordPress, I got more writing coming soon. With football season in full swing. Gives me something to do. Also, you can catch me, Eddie Cool. That's right, me, Eddie Cool. on Instagram, a cool season, all one word. You can catch me on uh, Facebook, Eddie Cool. Yep, that's me. And all the Sports Bros related content. And if you do Snapchat, super cool, 5,000. And did one of my coworkers convince me into creating a TikTok account? Uh, that's neither here nor there. Hopefully, um, I can make one before the president decides to pull the plug on that. But guess what? <laughs> that's, neither <here. laughs> yeah. that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, that's where you can check us out at the Sports Bros Podcast. Scotty D, where can they find you?
1: Uh, find me on Facebook, as always, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.
0: Scott Donnelly. I'm your guy.
1: And uh, hopefully tomorrow, Eddie Cool, you can find me on a golf course. That's the plan for
0: tomorrow. Yep. Is it starting to get chilly in Western Pennsylvania? It
1: feels great. It was about seventy-two degrees here today. Partly cloudy, nice cool breeze, no precipitation. Uh, it was it was it was nice. It's it's starting to feel like uh, football season in
0: Western Pennsylvania. Yep, starting to feel that like football season. Up here in Northeast Ohio, you can feel the chill from off of Lake Erie. It's a favorite time of the year because, um, yeah, if you go everywhere, everything is pumpkin spice this, pumpkin that, pumpkin that. So uh, go ahead and get your pumpkin fix and um, everything else. You got anything to say before we get the hell up out of here and eat some chicken wings and watch wrestling, Scotty?
1: Shout out to Coastal Carolina for beating Kansas this past week.
0: Yes, sir. Yep, uh, which goes to show, normally in college football, you take a check, to get an ass whipping But when the ass whips back The compensation is nice as well too So you get the money And you get the win Alright with that being said And in closing Do something nice for yourself And if you can Do something nice for someone else They greatly appreciate Also if you do something nice for somebody Don't brag about it on social media Don't do it Just not cool Love each other Mental health matters. We love you. Take care. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast.
1: Wake me up when September
0: ends. Oh, yeah. B-Live's going to be mad at you for singing, but oh, well. (laughs) Bye, y'all.